0: Uh, The plans he has for you. Now, how many people are living um, with broken dreams? Broken hearts? Shattered? Only to stand at the door of what you cannot control. See, beloved, this morning, I've come to realize something that I've never realized before. People all around us, and even maybe some here this morning... Are trying to be redeemed by the dreams and plans that never manifested into what you thought would be. You've had plans, you had aspirations, you had dreams, you had hopes, only to find them all fall right in front of your face. There are many ways of breaking hearts. You know, we can read of stories that are full of hearts being broken by many things, but what really breaks many hearts is is really taking away their dreams whatever the dream might be. Amen. Everybody has a dream, right? What's yours? What's your dream when you're young and full of dreams? Remember those days? You have all these desires. I want to be back then it was like I want to be a lawyer or a doctor or today they want to be the next Jordan or the next LeBron James whatever it may be. But what was your dream when you were young and full of dreams? have the hardships and disappointments of life taken have they taken that dream away from you sometimes when adversity happens it feels as though everything meaningful in your life has come uh, falling down around us our instinct how many know us to run to hide from the pain of fallen dreams from the thunder of our well made plans begin crashing into pieces like shattered glass at our feet and we can't put the pieces uh, back together Right, The crash of a fallen dream is always accompanied by the sound uh, of a breaking heart. We put uh, so much of ourselves and our hearts into our dreams, don't we? We build our lives and plan our activities around our dreams. No matter where we are in life, our eyes are fixed on fulfilling that dream we long to see realized and become into fruition in our lives. Our dreams are built uh, of those things we desire at the deepest level of our beings. Whether it be the birth of a long awaited child, whether it be a happy marriage, a hard won career, the happiness of our grown children and grandchildren, wealth or prestige in our community, but whatever they may be, our dreams are what we believe will bring us our highest joy. That's why we've continued to try to strive to fulfill them. Right? We plan, right? We work. We dream, but life does not always obey our well-laid-out plans, do they? One day, life steps in, and destiny reroutes our dreams. Suddenly, we're faced with the reality that the dream we have invested in for so long can never be. And so we ask the question, what now? Right, what do I do now? Our hearts ask us all the time, now that the perfectly laid plans have turned to ashes, what do I do? Heartbroken with the loss of what we have so long believed in, we sometimes fail to realize that perhaps destiny has a better plan for us than we thought. Perhaps if we look close enough, we will see that though the dreams we carefully cultivated, the dreams that we carefully nurtured have fallen to pieces around us. Now there's a clear pathway to see the plans that God has had for us. We must learn to be flexible. We must learn to adapt quickly because life seldom plays out as we imagine it would. Destiny's higher wisdom, which is God's always, which is God's always intervenes if we veer too far off the path to which Our real selves have been called. It calls us back, moving out the way, whatever is necessary, in order to make the way clear to who we were supposed to be in Jesus. See, life's tragedies, broken dreams, and fallen idols are all signs pointing us to our true destiny in Jesus Christ, right? Destinies we would otherwise have missed. So I encourage you this morning, when your dreams Listen to me this morning, when your dreams turn to dust, vacuum. Don't allow that to be your destiny, because God's plans are bigger than your dreams. I want to I want you to turn me to Jeremiah 29 /11, 29 verses 11 through 14. Amen. If you have your bibles please turn me this morning it says for i know the thoughts that i think toward you says the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and i will listen and you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart i will be found by you says the lord and i will bring you back from your captivity i will gather you from all the nations and And from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Father God, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. God, we're asking, God, that you would open the eyes of our hearts. God, help us to receive your truth, your gospel, God, this morning, God, that we will leave here, God, encouraged, stirred, knowing, God, that your plans are are greater than our dreams, God. We're asking, God, God, that you would set apart your people for the plan to be fulfilled, God, because you have destiny for each and every soul in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to first speak about my own desires. In our scripture, the word of God speaks to us on the dimension of a tremendous promise of God. Right? He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Think about that. He's speaking... To a fallen people that have cried out to him, no longer being able to take the bondage of such a cruel taskmaster, sin. You know, sin is such a cruel master. Sin will deceive you. It will condemn you. It will put you in such a guilt trip uh, to a place of suicide. Sin is such a horrific taskmaster. In the midst of desiring to do right, people have devised their own plans. And what people thought was right has turned out to to them veering away from the plans that God had for their lives, thus leaving them brokenhearted. You know, you and I will call for such a greater plan than what we thought. And that's why every time we go for something that we think is going to fulfill our lives, because it's not in the will of God, we always thirst for more because we're never satisfied where we're at because it's not God's plan. See, you were created, amen, to worship God. You and I were created to glorify God, not to go on our own. That's why people are always longing for more. You know, you know I always wonder, you know, why, why does someone always have to lease a new car? Aren't they happy with the one they have? Right? I mean, think about this for a second. And then they use the excuse, well, it builds my credit and all these other things, and I get it but you just put yourself in something newer because the one that you had wasn't good enough anymore, you know, life is not satisfying that way. You, you know, people always think that the newer, the newer image is the better one. You know, the Bible's been around for over 2,000 years. Thank God, amen, that nobody, nobody's trying to change this, amen, because this is what brings us joy. People are always trying to find a new fashion, but the old things work. Jesus still works. Amen. There's no superstar Jesus. He is the God Almighty. Proverbs 21:2 Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Every way of a man is right. Think about this. By nature, we justify ourselves. Sometimes we do this. Insincerity, sometimes with deception, but stubborn pride makes us generally think everywhere a man is right in his own eyes. You know what? I know the situation better than you, the pastor. Or you tell your, your friends, or maybe your spouse, or maybe your children, whatever it is, I know this better than you. I know better. We know what's right all the time. No one knows the situation better than we do, and yet many people are still living with broken hearts, even good meaning Christians this morning. And this is what we want God to heal. We want Him to heal the brokenhearted. But the Lord weighs the hearts. Men and women are confident in their own way, but God knows. Amen. We justify things according to our hearts. It was in what what do the people say? It was in my heart? People say, I must follow my heart. In my heart, I know, but God weighs the heart. And the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful and wicked. Who knows it? The Bible tells us that your heart is going to deceive you. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? At this point, think with me for a second, the prophet Jeremiah has given some reason to be cautious about the inclinations and direction of the heart. He began to know how the evil heart of the people of Judah had led them astray, and this could be so with many people today, even in the church of God. When you decide to listen to your heart as opposed to listening to God at his word, you will eventually hurt yourself and try to continue on with the broken heart. And what you do, you blame God. Because we follow the hearts. But it felt good at the time. Yeah, but now you're reaping the consequence of you following this deceptive heart of yours. What well, does Jeremiah 11:8 8 says? Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone followed the dictates of his evil heart. Jeremiah 14, 14, the prophecy to you, uh, they prophesied to you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, and the deceit of their heart. Jeremiah 16, 12, each one follows the dictates of his own evil heart so that no one listens to me. See, God is upset about people that disobey him because they follow the deceitfulness of their own heart. The heart is deceitful amongst all things. Our hearts often deceive us, uh, presenting heart fulfillment as the key to happiness. If that were so, if fulfilling your heart with a true key to happiness, why are we not happy? Come on, somebody, listen to me. How many of us said, you know, I had to do it? It was in my heart. And you're still upset. You're still angry. You're still bitter. You're still looking. Come on, y'all. Listen to me. How many people you know? I got to follow my heart. And they're following. They're going. Whether it's career, whether it's whatever it is, they're following. And they're always frustrated when you speak to them. They're following their hearts, though. That's going to make them happy. But they're still looking for something better. But I'm following my heart, Pastor. You don't understand. So why aren't you happy? Because you're missing Jesus. He's the true fulfillment of your heart. The Bible also says desperately wicked. The heart is not only deceitful, but also wicked and desperately so. Many have been led to rebellion uh, Disobedience and great sorrow by following their heart without challenging their hearts and judging it by the measure of God's wrath. Follow your heart as poor advice. When the heart is desperately wicked. When people come to me for advice, what do I tell you? I say, we got to pray about this. Or I ask you, did you pray about that? I never tell anybody, well, follow your heart. <laughs> you got to pray about that. Seek after God's word. I see what God will do for you. Don't go by what you feel. Because if you go by what you feel, you're going to be disappointed again. Because that's what we've done all of our lives. It, it feels good. Right? Who can know it? I hate when people say, I know my heart. The Bible says you don't. The Bible, is, it says it in Scripture. Who knows it? Only God weighs the heart. The heart's deceit and wickedness are advanced enough to even the individual that may not even understand their own heart. When people say, Pastor, I don't understand. I'm so confused. But you know your heart. What is there to be confused about? That's because we don't. Amen. God doesn't have a hard time searching and weighing the heart. He knows our hearts. The broken one that you may have right now, that broken heart of yours the one he desires to heal. See, beloved, your heart at one point was given to the world, and the world took it from you, because this is what happens. They take it from you, and they begin to destroy it. The world took your innocence, it took your joy, it took your treasure, it took your dreams, and it crushed you right before your eyes. And what do we say, God, why did you let that happen? God is saying, well, you didn't give it to me in the first place. See, I'm, I'm, God is saying, listen, I'm not a dictator. I'm a gentleman. I knock on the door of your heart. Whether you let me in or not, that's completely up to you. But you've given your heart to other things that you thought were going to make you happy. And right before your eyes, shattered like glass, and there's nothing you can do about it. The wonderful almighty God of heaven says something amazing, though. He says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. That is encouraging. Secondly, I want to speak about God's plan for your life. We're part of God's much bigger plan for the whole world. Think just like this, just like God's son arrived here, so did you. Right? And after Jesus arrived, God is probably whispering to all humanity, it's your move now. Heaven's been leaning over the rails in some way ever since you got here, waiting to see what you'll do with your life. So your life is not over until God says it's over. All the dreams and aspirations that never came to fruition, God, in some way or form or fashion, probably interrupted your life to get you here this morning so you can begin to fulfill the plans that he has for you. Because that's how much he loves you that he would have the audacity to interrupt your life so that you can come into all that he has for you. Think about that for a second. God knew his own thoughts toward these exiled Jews in Babylon, and he also knows the thoughts that he has told you and I this morning, beloved. They did not know did not remember his thoughts, so guess what? He put it in writing. He put it in the word of God so we can read it and so we can say, Wow, that's for me too. God has plans for my life. And so we are also recipients of this wonderful letter reminding us that God thinks of us, has thoughts toward us, and has plans for us of a future and a hope. You know, when I came out of prison, you know what I said to myself? I'm never going to amount to anything. Right? I'm a three-time felon. I don't have no experience doing anything else. You know, I'm just going to go back into the streets. I have no means of doing anything else. Who's going to hire me? Who's going to take me in? Who's going to teach me? Look at my life. And God said, I will. God said, if you stop giving your heart to the idols in the world and begin to give your heart to me, I can work with that. And that's what I did. God thinks about us. In Psalms chapter 40, David pondered the thoughts of God upon his people. Your thoughts told us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. God is always thinking about you. God is always being reminded of how wonderful the plans in your life can be fulfilled. If you would just give your heart to him, amen, as opposed to giving it to the things of the world. What? Think about this. What God told the exiles through Jeremiah was even, was even better. God does not only think of his people. His thoughts are not only toward them, but he has thoughts of a future and a hope. How many people, if you'll be honest, are living without hope? Think about that for a second. We get up in the morning. We do our routine, whether you, know, you brush your teeth, you comb your hair. Oh, what's going to happen today? And you're already downtrodden before you even leave your house. Because your destiny and your hope is in the wrong things in life. As opposed to being in God's plan. He also says thoughts of peace and not of evil to give your future and a hope. See, the exiled Jews lived in the experience of God's judgment upon their nation. And that's what's happening Today. And to be quite honest, uh, how many know history repeats itself? Amen. And some of us, amen, even a whole nation uh, are living right now in that judgment. Uh, plans didn't work out. Uh, everything went south. What's going on here? Everything seems to be going wrong. I just don't understand it. These are the sincere questions that many people think, even the people in the house of God. You know what it is? God interrupted your life. God interrupted your life. He needed to get your attention because you refused to listen to him. Why? Because you're listening to your heart. When you don't listen to God, it's because you're listening to your heart. It was easy for them to think that God was against them the same way many of you, even myself at one time. You know, God is punishing me. How many of you said that? right? Everything's going, you know, you got two, three days that hell is coming against you. It seems like forever, and God, what did I do wrong? Why are you doing this to me, God? And we blame God, but we never blame our sin. We blame God, but we never blame our decisions. I remember when I was standing before the judge, you know what the first offer was? 33 to life. A 14 year old, snotty nosed kid, Standing before a judge, and the judge looks at me and says, 33 to life is the first offer. I went to my cell because, of course, I told my lawyer, I, said, I ain't taking that. I said, God, why are you punishing me? What did I do to you? And that's when I began to cuss God, I began to hate God, I began to see all types of stuff. And then when I got a little bit more mature and I began to realize that my decisions are my decisions, I began to realize my sin got me there. It's my sin that got me there. God didn't put drugs on me. (laughs) Right? God didn't put guns in my hands. That was my desire for power, for the wrong type of power. And I gave my heart to the wrong things. And so I had to reap the consequences. And some people, all of a sudden, it's all God's fault all of a sudden. But if you just would have followed the word of God, if you just would have listened to God. And so because we did it and God saw our destination, which would have been hell, amen, God interrupted your life, and now you're here listening to the gospel. Because his plans for you are greater than the plans you had for yourself. I want some too, sister. (laughs) Because you were listening to your heart, uh, amen, it was easy to think that God's against uh, the same way others might think God is against them, and he intended uh, evil for them. Listen, God does not intend evil for you. You know who intends evil for you? Satan. Satan. Satan wants, listen, as soon as you make a decision to do right for God, you know what happens? Hell comes against you. Hell will come against you at your job. Hell will come against you through your family. Hell will come against you through people you've never met in your life. You go to Home Depot to get something, all of a sudden people are manifesting, looking at you for no reason, (laughs) want to start trouble. Amen. See, I'm just going to get me... I'm going to start, even if, even if they got out of think but he's into humanity, he's into you, he's trying to get your attention, and through Jeremiah, God assured them that his thoughts toward them were of peace, and that in his heart and mind, he had a future and a hope for them, and this is also for you this morning, this promise was made, amen, to the ancient Jews, but this promise is also for us through Jesus Christ, God has a future and a hope for his people, even when they suffer. Even when they hurt, uh, under deserved discipline or judgment, uh, it is the devil's deception to rob God's people of their sense of His future and hope for their lives. I was just when we were at the men's class. One of the fellow pastors uh, that's in Virginia, he said, "I've been through more in two months that can last me a whole lifetime of pain." Right? He's serving God. He was telling me he lost his job, his son got hit by a car, and there was a whole bunch of other crazy things that happened. My mind for him was just boggled and my heart began to drop because I remember that season in my life. I remember that season in my life where I felt like I wanted to give up. And the enemy was trying to snatch God's plan from my life out of my heart by bringing all types of craziness in my life. And he's going to try to do the same with you. Don't be deceived to think that everything that comes against you is from God. No, it's to help you understand that there is a God that can help you through those hard times in your life. God has a future and a hope for you. But then he says this, will you, will you, you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And this helped define the future and the hope that God had for his people and though they were not amen where they're supposed to be God gave them a platform to pray and he would listen thank God that he's provided a place for you and I to come this morning to come and pray thank God you know I was driving as we were driving here this morning we passed by like eight churches that are closed like why are you closed people blame COVID like what all your people that go to your church go to work every day Every single day, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. And you can't spend one hour in the house of God because of COVID? Are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? These people that are hurting because of a broken heart and you have the, the means to bring them hope and you have the nerve to say you, you got a COVID COVID poster on your window saying that we closed because of COVID? And yet all these five, Fortune 500 companies and all these businesses are open seven days a week, 12 hours a day, and you can't be open two hours? Come on, somebody, listen to me. You know, God would not hide from his people when they sought him, and God's not going to hide from you if you seek after him. They will not suffer under the dark sense that God cannot be found. Their seeking of God's revealing were part of their future and hope. Not seek because their hearts, but, uh, but with all of it. In other words, with a passion and diligence, finding him and not being satisfied until you meet with God. Not so much as being in church and listening to a message. We want you to meet with God on your own. We want God to touch that broken heart of yours that has been crushed, that has been stepped upon, that has been dragged so God can heal it. That's the God we serve. He said, I'm going to bring you back from your captivity. I'm not not captive. Uh, You're deceiving yourself again. You might not be physically arrested, but let me tell you what does arrest some of you. Unforgiveness. Hatred. Resentment. Anger. Guilt. I can go on and on of all the worry, doubt, unbelief. These things captivate you. They have you hostage. And God is saying that if you seek after me with all of your heart, in other words, diligently seek after me, I will set you free. That's what God is saying. How many of us, let me, you ain't got to raise your hand. Just. I want you to think about this. Even as Christians, we're all dealing with unresolved issues. Whether it be with family, friends, coworkers, there's unresolved issues. There's something captivating your heart from being set free and dealing with the issue. Come on, somebody, listen to me. This is the gospel. He has plans for you. And those plans are for you to live in freedom. Not to live in fear, not to live in doubt, not to live in uncertainty, but, but, but to live in freedom. I want to lastly speak about healing the brokenhearted. You need to know that God came to rescue, God came to redeem and restore all those who are brokenhearted. Those of you who have been broken by sin, have been broken by wrong decisions, By the lies of hell, trapped by the sting of Satan, and many of you, amen, know what it's like to live with a broken heart, because I do. I know what it's like to live with a broken heart, even as a Christian. Even as a, listen, if somebody tells you, I don't care how long they've been saved, somebody tells you that things are always okay, nothing ever goes wrong, they're a stinging liar. Because, you know, there's some, you know, folks, though, especially when you get here in the morning, you know, there there might be something I'm going through. And I want, you know, it's not that I'm trying to be mean, but I want to lay a hold of God. Sometimes I'm just just there praying. I'll see you and I'm like, I see high from a distance. I'm praying because I'm going through something. Don't think for one second just because I've been saved 20 years that I haven't been through hell and high water. Yeah, there's been some errors in my life, too. And it ain't going to stop just because I'm saved longer. It ain't going to stop 50 years from now. I'll still be going through stuff. I got grandchildren and great-grandchildren I got to think about. (laughs) Amen. Think about this for a second. There's no guarantee they'll be saved. There's no guarantee they're going to serve God. Well, I'm going to lie to myself and say, man, we holist and die. Ain't nothing going to ever go wrong. That's a lie. That's a lie. So I have to pray now for their salvation in the future, because I know that God has a plan for them, but I also know that the enemy has a plan for them too. Amen. So many of you have to understand that through the unresolved issues, through the uncertainties and many other situations that God is very aware the one thing that lies truth this morning, and that is that he weighs the heart, he sees the condition of your heart, and he's so faithful to heal it if you would just allow him to. He wants to heal your heart. God breaks when you break. He understands, he's very aware of the condition, even in your times of brokenness. Psalms thirty-four eighteen: the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed you. Remember, a future and a hope, thoughts of good and not of evil. He tenderly wraps our wounds and bond, and, and, and with bandages. Psalms 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And this is a wonderful truth this morning that I pray you all hear and grab. Don't just listen. But grab. He heals and binds up the wounds. No more bleeding. He doesn't want you to hurt, but he wants you healed. He doesn't want you to grow a spiritual infection. He wants to take away the pain and replace it with this new wonderful life of hope and joy because the plans of God for you are good. As I close this morning, by not pushing down our emotions, but instead allowing them to come up to the surface, then giving them to Jesus, he takes our pain, trials, and feeling and exchanges it with the health the fruitfulness and life. And Jesus takes all of our ashes, gives us beauty. He takes all of our brokenness and gives us wholeness. And that's the nature of the cross. That's the exchange that needs to take place this morning on a, and also on a daily basis. Remember, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Will you give your heart to Jesus